happened on an average day. I was just quietly washing the dishes in my new house. <laughs> Wait, no, it was not quiet. There was a hurricane brewing in my mind. I was scrubbing those dishes with force. For the first time ever, I witnessed my own mind in action. I witnessed my mind have a carousel of options it was deciding to be mad about towards my husband. I observed that my mind locked away option A, option B, option C, for this very moment, my mind had these options in the queue waiting for this moment when my mind was ready to blame my husband for something. So in this moment, when I was scrubbing the dishes. I was watching my mind choose between three options. Option one, my husband never engages in the family group text chat. Option two, all he's been doing is talking about work when we're around people. He's been really self-centered and not asking people questions and has been bothering me. Option three, he hasn't been hugging me when he comes home from work. So my mind had these three options in the queue that it was ready to latch on and hitch a ride. On a normal day, I would have latched on to one option. The one, the option that triggered the most emotion in me, I would choose that option. Then I would stew and simmer. Then I would throw that anger stew all over my husband, blaming him for my unhappiness that day. Yeah. I was not proud of those years. But I did not know. I didn't know what I was doing. I was completely unaware. You cannot change what you are not aware of. I didn't even know what shame was until I was about 26 years old. So I was an adult female that was walking around with an emotional intelligence, maybe as a one-year-old, because a two-year-old has more emotional intelligence because they feel, they feel it, they express it, and then they move on. But most adults like myself, we suppress, we deny, we gaslight, and then we, the big one, we blame other people for how we feel. So what happened on this special, special day was not an average day, was that for the first time, I witnessed, I witnessed my ego in action, in action for the very first time. So this was my first major self-awareness moment in the moment. Self-awareness is the ability to view your life like you're watching a play on stage. You can pop in and you can pop out of watching the play and being in the play. People that lack self-awareness, they are engrossed in their role in the play and they can't see or feel beyond anything beyond their role. They can't pop out of the play. They can't be an observer of the play. Self-awareness is the absolutely most critical tool you can incorporate into your life because it's the only way to truly repair and improve relationships. Self-awareness 
is the ability to pinpoint the toxic mental behavioral patterns. Like when I was washing the dishes, that was a toxic pattern that I had these options that I was mad or maybe irritated towards my husband. You know, they were just kind of piling up week after week, day after day. They were piling up and my ego stored them away for the perfect day for it just to erupt erupt all over my husband. So self-awareness is the ability to pinpoint the patterns. The second step after we pinpoint the patterns is becoming aware when they are happening in the moment. That is, that is an up-leveling. We can notice when the pattern's happening in live reality. The third step of self-awareness is practicing and choosing a different, healthier reaction or thought pattern. Basically, we retrain the habit. We get rid of the habit. We make a new habit, a healthier habit. And the kicker is no one can do this work for you except you. A therapist can't do this work for you. A therapist is there to help you notice the patterns and help you question the patterns. But in the real world, the therapist can't change your patterns. Therapists are amazing. I, I wish everyone in the world can have access to a therapist. But only you can deploy your awareness and new habits in the moment when they're happening. And this is the work. This is the work. It's truly the most important work. I believe self-awareness could save the world. I'm, I'm not kidding. And that, that, that is 100% serious. It could save the world. Because you know what? There would be no more on, online trolls Because they would be aware that they're projecting their pain onto other people. There would be no more violence in the world because they would be aware that they're expressing their anger and their hurt and their pain and it's coming from a hole within their heart. They would know that their brokenness wants to break other people. They would be aware of this. That their broken inner child wants revenge on the world. And For everyone to know the pain that they feel. I would say self-awareness sometimes feels like you are viewing yourself and your current life drama like a fly on the wall. You're detached from the emotion. Maybe not for long. Like maybe just for an instant. Maybe for a second you can detach from the emotion. And the truth of the situation appears. So the day I was washing these dishes and my ego wanted to blame my husband for whatever emotions was going on in my body, the truth of the situation was that I was not 100% happy on that particular day. So instead of taking accountability and being present with my true feelings, with myself, my mind took the reins and decided it's easier to blame my husband. Unfortunately, this is probably the most common approach in relationships. We love to play the victim. We love being the victim. Victimhood is the easiest mode to choose because it's everyone else's fault but your own. It's everyone else's fault. You don't have to take responsibility or be honest with yourself or look at your own wounds, your own patterns, your own habits, your own demons. You simply sit back, put your feet up, Point your finger. It's easy as pie. 
which is why most humans choose victim mentality. If you want to watch victimhood in action, put on a reality TV show. That is where you find the queen of victimhood. You did this to me. You said this thing to me. Blame, 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 blame. The true root behind blame is that there is an unmet need within us that we are projecting out into the world. Whoever is around us that day, they will be the source of the blame. Our 10 essential needs are to be seen and heard for who we really are, to feel important and special, to belong, to feel valued, to feel accepted, to feel safe, to feel supported, to feel protected, to feel loved, and to feel that others want to be connected to you. In an ideal world, we gain these 10 essential needs in our childhood. But it's very, very rare that this actually happens. So if we don't get these 10 essential needs in our childhood, they go unfulfilled. And then we grow up, we become adults, and we go, go out into the world seeking these needs that were never fulfilled. We go out unconsciously seeking situations that try to fulfill the need we didn't get in childhood. So I'm the middle child of six kids. I feel like I was never seen and heard. Unless I was sick, unless I tantrumed. So what do I do as an adult now to be seen and heard with my husband? I tantrum because it works. It's always worked. If I feel overlooked, if I feel like I'm not getting the attention I feel like I need, I create a hurricane and a hurricane is not easy to ignore and that's the point. Another tactic to be seen and heard, in childhood I used being sick a lot to get that one-on-one quality time with my mom. I remember, you know, anytime I'd have an earache, I had those often. I would have one-on-one time going to a doctor with my mom or even sometimes we had to drive a few hours away to go to like a special holistic doctor that was my alone time with my mom being sick got me that essential need of being seen and heard it worked so well i've had many conversations with medical professionals who are very open in saying that their clients most often just want to be heard The doctor could tell them exactly how to heal themselves. The doctor could tell them exactly how to get rid of their health problems, but they don't listen because they're not going to the doctor to actually heal. They're they're going to the doctor to be heard. This is exactly how, as adults, we might be going to great lengths to gain these unmet needs within ourselves. We might be perpetuating our diseases, our sicknesses. We might be self-sabotaging our relationships to gain a broken heart. So then we have a reason to be a victim. So then we have a reason to shout our heartbreak from the rooftops so that we can be heard, to be seen and heard. So this is the first step. The first step is becoming aware of these patterns. These patterns that we have been doing over and over and over and over again as an adult, trying to fulfill any of these 10 unmet needs, to be seen, heard, 
to feel valued, accepted, to feel safe. Most of our patterns as adults is using everybody in our life around us to fulfill these unmet needs. That's exactly why our partner becomes our greatest teacher and exactly why children are a huge neon sign arrow to our unmet needs as a child. It's so interesting because I think most people get into parenthood for selfish reasons. They are looking to up-level their happiness. They want to feel a love that they've never felt before. It's, it's selfish reasons. You want to feel these very positive feelings, which is the intention of parenthood. And then obviously there's a whole other boatload of feelings that you didn't account for. But when I'm looking at these 10 essential needs to be seen and heard, to feel important and special, to feel valued. A child doesn't give you those needs. A child is going to make you feel loved and accepted, I think, because their love is so pure. They truly have unconditional love. So I'm, I think your child maybe will give you two out of these 10 essential needs, which is why children do not fulfill you. Your children will not be fulfilling these 10 essential needs. 100% guaranteed, but this is why there's that void when you have a child. Because we thought they would, bingo, solve all of these unmet needs. And they absolutely do not. And it is not their job. But we can't help it because we're just these adults wandering around this big world trying to use all of these life experiences and people to fill in these holes of our unmet childhood needs that never got filled. So basically, I'm constantly using my husband to fill up every single hole that is in me, which is what was happening when I was washing those dishes and I was beginning to witness my mind try to create this scenario to blame my husband, which would then trigger an emotional response from him, which then would give me attention. So then I could feel seen and heard. So somehow I got into this habitual pattern of concocting this hurricane in my mind, you know, latching onto a scenario that happened weeks ago, stew on it, throw it at him to create an emotional response so that I could gain this childhood unmet need when another option, the healthy option, the mature option, the emotional intelligent option is to witness the hurricane happening in my mind and stop, put the dishes down, take out my journal, sit with myself and say, what is this hurricane? There's a reason this hurricane is brewing. What is the root? And the root is always one of these 10 essential needs. On that given day, maybe I have felt neglected from him for for a while. Like, you know, he hasn't been coming in the door and giving me a hug, which is what my inner child really wants. My inner child really wants to just be seen and heard the minute he walks through the door. Like, poor guy, you know, doesn't even have a second to himself. My inner child craves that attention. It's not bad and it's not wrong. It's kind of just a byproduct of my childhood. 
But what I can give myself is the time and the attention that I'm craving from him. I can give that to myself. That's something I can do for myself. Isn't it kind of insane that I would even expect him to give me the things I won't even give myself? But the part I really want to drive home is that these habitual responses and these patterns that we do every single day that become our our daily norm, there are other options available. The obvious option is to talk about this with your partner. But that's something I honestly did not know how to do and I still struggle with it. But honestly, what I'm actually referring to is not the, the blame conversation with your husband. Like, that's easy to do. Like, I've mastered that. What I'm relearning and this whole world that has been opened up to me is talking about the actual root need. So say he comes in the door and he, you know, doesn't really acknowledge me for maybe 30 minutes. Um, My past pattern would probably be stewing inside, maybe give him some silent treatment to, you know, make him hurt a little bit because he hurt me. You know, toxic patterns through and through toxic patterns. But the new option, the emotional intelligent option, the option that I've only learned through reading books and through therapy is to sit with myself and understand what it is I, I am searching for, what I'm seeking, and that's, you know, an unmet need, which is to be seen and heard, which is normally my number one. You know, I, I want all 10. I want all 10 from my partner. I want all 10 from everyone in my life. I want to feel loved and supported and safe. I want all the things. But when he comes to the door from work, what I want is acknowledgement of being seen and heard. I want, I want a hug. So this new option available to me is to sit with myself and understand this need. That's the first step. I have to sit with myself. I have to be alone with my emotions and figure it out. Because if I go to him before I figured it out, this is when the blame game happens. Talking prematurely before you figured out the root is where a lot of people go wrong. Often having a premature conversation before you've done this, you know, inner self-reflection work, that's when the surface emotions of anger, resentment, that's where that's boiling is the surface. The, the root cause of a lot of our suffering are soft emotions we want to be loved. We want acknowledgement. We want to feel supported. Anger, resentment, those are surface. And when we feel those things, that's a sign. That's a sign that we're operating out of our ego hurts. That's all surface. The truth doesn't lie in those surface emotions. That is, that is the first layer We have to peel back those layers to find what we are really searching for. So an emotionally intelligent person that understands what they need in a specific moment then goes to their partner and says, babe, some days I miss you so much throughout the day. It's ridiculous. Like it's kind of embarrassing. But what I really, 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 really would love when you come home is 
to just give me a long hug, you know, like 30 second hug, and then just look into my eyes for one or two minutes and really be there and acknowledge me. I don't need 10 minutes. Like, I don't even need 15. I just need that undivided eye contact quality time for a few minutes right when you walk in the door to make me feel so on top of the world. If you if you feel like you could do this for me, I would so appreciate it. So what's crazy is that doesn't even sound hard, right? But after 13 years of habits or years of habits, however long you've been with your partner, changing a habit is the hardest thing to do. But that is the work. <laughs> 